0: Ladies gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. She has two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the Advice and Good Vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation and you can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run. Or you can find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australian-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more.
1: Hi and welcome back to the podcast, episode 164 is an interview with Thomas Drybala. Thomas is a keynote speaker, flow and mindful runner, extreme runner and author of the book Flow Up, Get Rid of Stress, Anxiety and Overwhelm and Unlock Focus, Creativity and Joy. Ron comes on the podcast again and we chat with Thomas about how he discovered flow for himself what the conditions and blockers for flow are, how you can use flow in your running as well as everyday life, and all about his upcoming challenge to run the circumference of the world. That's a big one. So my mental toughness training workshop went so well. We ended up with 20 attendees, participants, whatever you want to say. And there was lots of laughs and lots of learning. I love doing these sessions in person as there's always just such a great vibe with being with people in real life. And we've missed so much of that, that. It's just awesome. Look out for my next live event. I don't know about you, but I've been loving Stranger Things and getting back into the Umbrella Academy two excellent series on Netflix. Sadly, I haven't had a lot of time for reading, but when I do, it tends to be, you know, personal development books, which I really enjoy, because I feel that I can always work on myself and becoming a better person. Let me know if you know of any good personal development books, as I always love to hear people's recommendations. Podcast-wise, I've been listening to A Short History Of, which has actually been fascinating. So far, I've learned about the Vikings and the Black Death, which really puts COVID into perspective, let me assure you. On Audible, I've been listening to Wayne Dyer and his book, Excuses Be Gone, which has affirmed many of my beliefs and actions. Let me know any audibles that you think are good as well, you know. And I've discovered that Peak chocolate also do hot chocolate with added magnesium and other herbs that help you sleep. You really need to give this a try it's nice to be able to have a healthy dessert style drink because i like to have something sweet you know in the evening but it actually helps to relax your muscles and helps you sleep two things that i tend to have a little bit of trouble with and i you know like i said i love to have a hot chocolate every night <clears throat> so this really fits in with my lifestyle it doesn't have sugar it's not going to razz you up at night so don't forget to use the code Isabel Ross, or caps no spaces over at their website peakchocolate.com to get a massive 15 percent off Now if you are looking to run further or faster than you ever have before you need to have structured individualized training to help you get there. If you want to achieve the best you are capable of email me isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get a program started or just to ask me some questions whatever or just for a chat. Anyway enjoy the podcast. Hi, Tom, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast.
2: Hi, thank you very much for having me.
1: No worries. Now, today I have Ron with me because he's interested in your topic. Um, Now, can you just um, tell the listeners a bit about yourself? I've done a little intro separate, but can you just tell the listeners a bit about yourself and how you got into ultra running?
2: Sure, so um, I'm a keynote speaker, flow and micro running teacher, extreme runner, and out of the book, flow up, get rid of anxiety, stress, and overwhelm, and unlock focus, creativity, and joy. And I'm actually running for nearly um, 20 years, but for the first about 15, maybe 16 years, it was like running twice a week maximum, half an hour, just to clear my mind after the work. So purely for the mental health. And then in 2016, I started um, training a bit more. I increased my training to five, six times per week, at least one hour a day. And then in 2018, in March, I started um, training really intensively and I decided that I will start running some big challenges but at that time, early 2018, I didn't know yet what it would be. I think in November 2019, there was a guy, Ross, who swam around the Great Britain.
1: Yes, he that's spent right. like um, nearly. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's, yeah, that's correct. And he spent nearly 160 days in the sea. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, if that guy <laughs> can, can spend 160 days in the sea, then I can actually run some crazy distances. Then I increased my trainings even more and in um, April 2019 so a bit year over uh, a year later after I started running well, I start after I started training a lot I begin my first challenge and my first challenge was to make five million steps in 100 days I was late by one day <laughs> so I did it in, in 101 days <laughs> it was quite heavy it was my first challenge I didn't know what to expect I I increase um, making steps from around 25,000 steps a day um, from the, in, on the first day to over 100,000 steps in the last days. So it, it was quite crazy. I think I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes when, I think, when I'm telling about this challenge, I'm saying that if I will know how hard it will be, that probably <laughs> I will never start it. What sort of but distance did I... you recover in that time? Um, I ran because it was the like multi sport. So at that time, mm-hmm. I was running, swimming, cycling, and um, doing some cross fitness. And my activity watch was calculating the steps. Oh, so yeah. um, I passed nearly 6,000 kilometers all together mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. this time. And um, all together, I made the 5 million steps. It was a yeah. uh, really interesting challenge because I, I did it in Asia in a few different countries on a few different islands. So it was really interesting uh, challenge. And then, you know, when I passed those five million steps, I actually knew it, that I can train for anything because if I manage to make this one, I know that I can train for anything in my life. And then three weeks later, I started running 11,000 kilometers from Hanoi in Vietnam to then pass in Bali. Halfway COVID-19 catch me, I mean, I couldn't run any longer. I managed to escape in the last boat from Sumatra, from Singapore to Sumatra before the Sumatra and Malaysia was shut down. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't continue running because um, there was a lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Indonesia was never under the full lockdown, but you couldn't move even from one village to another uh, village. So I got stuck for six months, I divided the remaining distance, five and a half thousand kilometers, on 268 half marathons, and I was (laughs) running locally through the jungle and through the village, two to five half marathons uh, daily, and I passed the entire distance, 11,000 kilometers. Mm. And now I'm training, I'm running two and a half thousand kilometers through Poland and United Kingdom. I mean... First half a um, distance I passed in the United Kingdom. Now, now I'm running through Poland. And this is actually the preparation for the main challenge, which I'm starting later this year to start to run the circumference of the Earth 40,000 kilometers. And that was my journey. So, you know, it's actually started mm-hmm. from taking care about my mental health. Uh, it goes a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah.
1: It does. Um, yeah. Spoken like a, a true ultra runner, though, just going one step further every time.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now you talk about flow. When did you first come upon the concept of flow?
2: <clears throat> yeah, it was actually when I was running my first two big challenges. So those five million steps and and eleven thousand kilometers. Before this, I never even. I never even hear that word flow. I didn't have idea what it is. But um, when I was running those both challenges, at some point I started running crazy distances, like 70 kilometers a day, 80, 90, 100 kilometers. And you know, um, I was repeating this one day, second day, third day, next week. And it was against any kind of the rules which I know uh, before because uh, um, of course, it was heavy physical exercise, but it was kind of the effortless that you know I passed those distances and it was extremely enjoyable time. And not only this, by the end of the run, I, I usually start running like really early, 5, 5:30 in the morning, because I wanted to avoid that you know really heavy heat wave after the 1 uh, p.m. So usually I finish around noon. Um, 1, 2 p.m. I was after the run. And then I was able to open my laptop and then work for the next few hours and be really you know, active um, in my work, in my business. So it was shocking for me. And then I started uh, um, you know, reading, discovering why I'm feeling that way. And then I discovered that actually I'm getting into the state of flow, that uh, I'm regularly, almost every day, getting into the state of flow. I get curious how this is happening, what I have to do to make it regularly. You know, before this, I always felt very, really anxious, stressed, overwhelmed because of my childhood. So it affected me heavily for nearly 40 years of my life. And then all of those... You know, uh feelings disappeared and I was really like clear in my mind, open-minded, I could learn, I could run crazy distances, I can work for hours. It was shock for me, it was amazing feeling, so I had get curious how this is happening and then I just started doing purposeful, I just started creating the conditions for flow.
1: So how would you define flow?
2: Um, you know, for me, the, the definition. There is a lot of definitions of the flow, but for me, is a is a really simple definition. Just, uh, I'm just always saying that the mind is uh, uh, becoming focused only on the task at hand, on performing activity or whatever you do. Because I managed to to uh, convert uh, flow from uh, running to lots of other. Uh, activities which i do throughout the day and the main thing of the uh, flow is that we are heavily focused and hyper-focused on the activity which we have in front uh, of us if we if, which we are doing so you know when we are in flow we feel really strong and positive uh, we don't worry about ourselves or the fires that something will not work. We're just doing that thing which 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 we want to do. We know at exactly um, what uh, we are going to do and how we want to achieve this. Those you know all those steps just flowing from one step to another. You don't really have to think about this. It's just easily happening. And um, And we feel deeply connected with the performance activity, with the performance task. We feel in control of of our performance, of whatever we do. And um, experiencing flow is extremely rewarding. And thanks to this, we are building a um, interesting motivation because we simply want to do it again. We simply want to be. We we just do this for the sake of the pain in the um, in the flow. So that's the main things. That's what what flow means uh, for me. And of course, we can divide flow on a you know like a, a micro flow, the things which are happening to us on a daily basis, and we can divide the flow on the macro flow. So the macro flows are those big things those those are the things which are associated with the peak performance uh, so that's uh, um when we run the crazy distances or we compete compete with the with the other athletes
3: do you have um a method that you use for yourself to get into the flow like when, once you start running or do you find you normally you go into
2: it without even realizing it or how do you manage yourself yeah you know at the beginning um it actually happened without starting happening without realizing it i started getting into the flow and then i realized what and you know it's a, it's a bit funny about this how i get into on the first time into the state of flow because you know when i was running through asia i was I'm originally from Poland but for the past 21 years I live in in London in United Kingdom and in Poland and London uh, we in the places when I was living we don't have really snakes mm-hmm. at least not many of them and for sure not dangerous snakes and when I was running through Asia and you know I was running through um, little roads through the jungle to the small villages to the fields etc and um, the snakes were absolutely everywhere um, yeah, we have them so here in Australia was, as well <laughs> yeah I can believe you <laughs> <laughs> so you know we and um, um, I was worried because the few times um I almost step on the snake mm. and because as I said that I always felt anxious stressed, and overwhelmed my mind was always dwelling in the past or worrying about the future I barely was in the present moment. Um, you know my mind was always flying somewhere. And then a few times I almost step on the snake. So it was kind of the live and that situation for me at that time. That's at least how I seen this. And I couldn't dwell on the past any longer. I just had to focus on that present moment. And because I was focusing on the road ahead of me, um, looking you know just in front of my legs to not step on the snake, I started heavily getting into the state of flow because I was getting into the present moment. Mm -hmm. And because I was running just with a backpack from hotel to hotel, um, you know, so I, in the morning I was booking a hotel and I was running to the next place. So I was setting clear goals for myself. And I was adjusting these goals because sometimes the weather was really heavy. And sometimes, you know, there was a bit of rain and it was easier. Um, Some Weeks are enjoying more the runs. Some of the weeks you are not enjoying so much, so much. So on the way, adjust those goals, and I was getting the immediate feedback from those goals yeah. because you know when I arrived to the hotel, basically I I reached the goal. Yeah. Um. So you know all of those was creating the conditions for flow. I didn't know at the time when I was doing this. I learned about all of this later, and I just started you know, creating all of those conditions purposefully. So uh, um, I basically, I started using mindfulness. I discovered that all of this, which I'm practicing, focusing on the present moment awareness, that I'm actually practicing mindful running and active meditation. And, um, you know, I become uh, uh, aware of the present moment. I become really conscious of my body, of my breath, of the surrounding. And I started practicing mindfulness, mindful running and active meditation. And um, that that's what helped me and is still helping me to get into the state of flow.
1: How does um, mindfulness differ from meditation or are they much the same?
2: <laughs> um, so I'm always saying that I'm practicing mindful running and active meditation. And the difference between is that, um, you know, mindful running you are becoming aware of your body breath and surrounding as you run um, and the, uh, so the mindfulness is all, all about the doing just that just staying focused on your run your movement your body your thoughts being in the present moment um, so you know, we, are, we are able to get into the state of flow uh, only when we are in the present moment. So um, that's, you know, that's how you get to the flow through the mindful running. But when it comes to active meditation, you can actually um, implement active meditation to any sort of the physical activity which you do um, throughout the day. And the beauty of the active meditation is that uh, comparing to the traditional meditation, the, the rules are pretty much similar, but comparing to the traditional meditation is when you have to you know, um, separate the time and have the time, quiet place, sit down for mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes, one hour, etc. The beauty of the active meditation is that you can implement that active meditation for three minutes, let's say, to start with. Um, to a lot of different um, activities when you, which you do on a daily basis. So let me give you a few examples. So you can implement active meditation to, for example, putting your shoes, clothes on. When you wake up in the morning and you put your clothes on, you can just focus on what you're putting on, on the material, uh, on the, how it's touch your skin, um, and just stay focused on every single item which you're putting on throughout the day, because the whole idea is to stay in the present moment, to be aware of what you are doing in the current time. The other thing you can put, you can practice active meditation when you're brushing your tooth. So when you brush your tooth, you can focus you know, on the flavor of your toothpaste, on how the tooth, how how the brush touches your tooth, if you feel any pain. Um, and all the sensations and you discover here actually that it's quite difficult to stay focused for two Mm -hmm. minutes uh, during the brushing or two that your mind is really you know doing everything except for the focusing on those uh, two minutes brushing or two you can do this when you drink your coffee or eating a sweet again focus on all the flavors trying to recognize the flavors if you you know, if your tooth are, if you feel a pain um, somewhere in your uh, mouth, you can um, practice um, active meditation when you work to work. Just try to stay focused for a few minutes on, the, on your steps, on, on your breath, or on the surroundings. Try to not notice things which you never noticed before in, uh, in your area. Uh, you can implement active meditation to cooking a dinner. For example, so, you know, comparing the vegetables or recognizing the shape of the vegetables, smell the flavors and name the flavors in your mind. So, you know, wherever you do throughout the day, you can implement uh, active meditation to those um, um, activities. And if you, you know, the mind is learning through the repetition. So if you keep your mind busy in the present moment um, awareness then your mind later is just starting starting to doing this automatically uh, you're just focusing on the things and all of this is helping you get into the state of flow so you know you can when you get into the state of flow so here we can talk for the active meditation we can talk here about the those uh, micro flows. so uh, uh, we can divide this on the things which you do on a daily basis. So that's called You can get into the flow when you are, when you're running a short distances, you can get into the flow when you're cycling, when you're swimming, when you're playing guitar or playing chess, when you're cooking, when you're dancing, when you're having sex, when you're writing, when you're reading, listening to music. So, you know, the the, the flow is um, happening when you do the activities which you love, which you are passionate um, about. So um, then, um, you know, that active meditation, you can implement to all those small um, um, activities which you do throughout the day, and they will, that will help you to create flow in those things um, which you do throughout the day and when, when, you, when you are passionate about. And then when you practice mindful running, of course, it's also helping you to get to those um, uh, to flow uh, w- between those little activities throughout the day. But then the mindful running will help you to create those macro flows, those big moments. And you know, when you practice all those things on a daily basis, the more you practice on the daily basis, uh, the more flow you achieve in those big activities. And as I said, that the brain is learning to repetition So um, 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 you'll be able to implement those mindfulness techniques when you need them mostly. So for example, when you're racing, when you compete with people and when it's getting really hard, um, then your mind is ready, your mind is prepared, is ready to implement the mindful running, uh, active meditation techniques. And then you can come back to the present moment, stop worrying. I don't know about the knee pain and just, you know, start pushing stronger, get to, into the flow and you know, start running faster.
3: Do you do you tend to practice the flow um, on all your runs or, or are some runs there where you just, you get out there and run and your mind just wanders and, you know,
2: you just... I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't. Most of my runs are um, are the... Know, kind of the present moment um, runs and um, as I, I'm, I'm not competing uh, with other athletes I, I never race my focus is on a really long distances mm-hmm. um, and um, most of my runs during the most of my runs I train um, I practice mindfulness okay. Uh, But not always. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I I always practice if I'm going for a run and something negative is happening and um, I need to implement those techniques to get into the positive mind again and positive uh, thinking and present moment. But sometimes I just let my my mind dwell. You know, some of the runs I'm just enjoying. Sometimes I'm going for a run because um, I'm dealing with some kind of the issue or problem or or creative work and i'm just letting to you know to, to my mind to to dwell
1: yeah. in
2: all those things to, you know, so mostly yeah, mostly i'm training um, practicing mindfulness but not always okay, and i cool. wouldn't recommend practicing every single time yeah. uh, mindfulness just you know uh, go with the flow <laughs> yeah.
1: so how does being in flow help us reach peak performance <clears throat>
2: um Um, So I think it's the best if I will explain here uh, what is happening when we are getting into the state of flow. It was kind of the um, breakthrough for me when I uh, understand that what is happening when we get into the the state of flow. So when we get into the state of flow, the prefrontal cortex, so the uh, front of our brain is shooting down. So it's almost not working or in some cases um, maybe it can not work at all, but it's it's basically shooting down. When the prefrontal cortex shoots down, our nervous system is restarting. So all those anxieties, stresses, overwhelms are disappearing at the time when the prefrontal cortex shoots down. The time is calculated in, in prefrontal cortex. So when the... Brain shoots down when the prefrontal cortex shoots down. The brain cannot separate any longer the past from the present and from the future. And we are getting into the deep now, so we are getting into the present moment. We are getting into the you know here and now. When the prefrontal cortex shoots down, then our self of sense is resetting. So that means that all this you know self criticism. Those negative things which we are saying to ourselves, all the self doubt um, is just you know res- resetting at that time. So we are literally getting out of our own way. The risk taking because we are getting out of our own way and we are starting um, stopping doubting ourselves. The risk taking is getting up. We don't worry about the fighters uh, any longer. So you know when we reset the entire nervous system and we are getting out of our way, we don't think any longer that I cannot really run 50 kilometers today because the morning was pretty much shitty for me and uh, I don't feel like all those negative things is just disappearing when we get into the flow. So that is helping us massively with the peak performance and with the endurance and uh, with uh, achieving really crazy results.
1: Okay. So if we're um, out running and we're trying to get into flow, what might stop us?
2: Um, The biggest flow blockers are basically our thoughts.
0: Mm. So, you
2: know, every human have between 40,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. We don't really hear those thoughts. We don't know they are happening because all of this is mostly happening in our subconscious mind. So let's call it on the back of our mind. And um, um, you know, we all have traumas uh, in, in our lives. Some of the people, they have um, more heavy traumas. Traumas like you know, that of the close person or we, we may have a childhood traumas like, uh, having a, um, issues with the domestic uh, violence at home or you know the verbal violence or emotional violence, or we may experience the war in our childhood. But the traumas can be a such a simple things like being, for example, I don't know, questioned uh, when we was uh, eight years old by our teacher and answering a silly um, and to see the answer and the teacher said something bad to us and the kids started laughing and um, this can be can be our block for the for the performance we may you know we may think that uh, um, we we cannot achieve big things because for example teacher said to us oh you're never gonna achieve anything in your life if you don't know such a thing, such a simple things. And this can be actually a really heavy trauma for us. This can affect us for the lay for the rest of our life. And you know, it's worth to understand here how the trauma works and what is actually happening in our mind and in our body. So you know, all those traumatic experiences, if we don't heal them. We may have the injury when we was a kid and we may heal the injury I know physically, but we may never heal this injury mentally, spiritually, emotionally. We may be simply afraid that, okay, if we push when we run, we can have that injury once again. Mm-hmm. And we don't really think about this. It's just coming from our subconscious mind. We just don't push ourselves because we, we are afraid of this pain, of this, of this injury. And if we don't heal those, um, past traumatic experiences, um, mentally and emotionally, this will always come back to us. And it will always come back to us in the moments when we don't want this at uh, you know when we mostly don't want this to, to get to us. So what is actually happening? You know, when we, the, main, the brain doesn't recognize the difference between the visualization and um, reality. So what that means that if we see, for example, lion or tiger in front of us, and if we, if something triggers that past um, traumatic experience, so for example, we, want, we, we are running and we feel a bit of pain in our knee, this may cause, um, this may trigger uh, the painful memory from our past, then the brain don't recognize the difference between visualization, so this painful memory and, and reality. So for example, this lion in front of us. So the brain responds to that kind of the situation, to that kind of the treat exactly the same way by um, fly or fight response. So when the brain resp- um, 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 see that danger situation is sending the signal to our body that we are in danger. When the body gets the signal from our brain, the body doesn't recognize what kind of the danger is it because the brain, you know, we know that this is lion, but this is our thoughts, uh, which is coming a bit later. But the, the, the body already re- get the signal. Mm-hmm. So when the body gets the signal, the body tightens because it's ready either to fight or, or to you know escape, to run away. When the body tightens, it sends the signal back to the brain because the body senses the danger, so then the brain gets the signal from the body, and the brain gets the signal from the body. So the brain is sending back the signal to our body, and we are getting into the vicious cycle. So the brain is sending the signal about the danger and the danger, and the body is sending signal about the danger. In most cases, we can simply break the signal by you know implementing some mindfulness tools by Talking with someone by you know going making any other activity, or, I don't know going with the friends for drinks, but if we don't if we didn't heal those past experiences, the signal will come back. The painful memory will back to us, and in some cases, um, you know that uh, signal may stay the tightness in tightness in our body may stay for a week, month, year decades, sometimes even for the entire uh, life. So that's causing the traumatic experiences. If we don't heal them, this is causing um, flow blockers. And um, um, we can resolve all those experiences by practicing, for example, mindful running and active meditation. And this is actually what I'm teaching people. I'm teaching people how to resolve uh, those traumatic experiences, heal them, uh, physical mental and emotional through mindful running and active meditation
1: so does um, <clears throat> that's doing the mindful running um, help to sort of release those
2: blocks yes because when you practice mindful running and active meditation you become um, very conscious of your body mind and um, your thoughts and your emotions, because you are in the present moment. So you know what happened to me when I was practicing, when I started practicing mindful running and active meditation, I started recognizing that we have a physical pain, and that we have a mental pain, which we feel in our body, And we have the emotional pain, which we feel in our our body. We also have the pain, which is indicating the injury. And then we have to decide what will be our next step. We also have the pain, which is indicating the growth, that our muscle grows, our joints grows, our um, bones grows. So, you know, when you are in the present moment, you are actually starting recognizing all those pains because um, you know, when you feel the pain uh, in the knee or you know, wherever in the finger, um, you then uh, by practicing mindful running, I'm teaching people how to then scan your brain, scan your mind, uh, recognize your thoughts, and then you can recognize the patterns because the brain learns by repetition and the brain loves the patterns. So if the brain learned one pattern, then the brain is then copying those patterns to all other areas of our life. So by practicing mindful running and active meditation, you become uh, very aware of your mind, body, and soul, and you can start recognizing those patterns. Of course, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. You have mm-hmm. to practice this for, the, for some time and you have to go through some you know, step-by-step practice, but it's possible. And um, I, I do have a great results with the people um, teaching them and it's possible to be really conscious of your, of your mind and start um, recognizing those blocks, flow blocks. When you recognize your flow blocks, you basically know what is taking you to the, to the flow and then you can start learning how to create conditions for flow
3: Hmm. do you think it's possible to pop in and out of mindfulness during a run you know for instance if you're running with a group of people you're having a conversation and then you you know focus back in on yourself and and into mindfulness is that possible
2: oh of course absolutely you know yeah most of the days i'm running on my own but now i'm in poland and i i i haven't seen for example my sister for for a very long time, and she's a runner too. So she, uh, I'm going for a run like for 50 kilometers. She's going with for a run for 10 kilometers or 15, not 50 kilometers. And then uh, she's running with me for the first 10, 15 kilometers. She loves talk. Talks. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, when we start running, uh, she's talking all the time. I cannot really practice mindful running, but I can actually practice the, the mindfulness at that time because. I don't dwell on anything. I'm just listening to to, to her. Um, So, you know- um,
1: And to be honest, mindfulness in a conversation is not necessarily a bad thing because a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure you find the same is when you're talking to someone, you know that they're kind of waiting just to have their turn to speak rather than actually listening, which is um, quite a skill in and of itself.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, you you you, you can play in with the mindfulness. Then you know the great thing about mindfulness is that the mindfulness is giving you that space in the mind that you understand that uh, uh, having a thought is your biology. Is that's how the mind is constructed. We have, as I said, we have up to seventy thousand thoughts a day. Once you understand this you don't respond to every uh, single thoughts. You understand that, okay, thoughts is just the events in my mind. It's just something what is happening. And then it's up to me if I respond to these thoughts, you know, the thoughts cause, um, you know, um, provokes our emotions. Then you understand that, okay, not every thought thought needs to uh, provoke and, you know, emotions inside me. So the, the mindfulness is giving you that space and you can really play a lot because you have that time to to pause and to say, oh, should I respond to this or not? So you, you, you give that a bit of time and then um, you, you can play a lot. The life is just getting easier with mindfulness.
1: Now, um, mindfulness, as you say, is focusing on the present moment, but and, and we can do it throughout our lives, not just with running, but is there a place in life um, for you know, planning ahead and thinking about the future and contemplating the past and and those sorts of things, anyway.
2: I'm sorry, I didn't get the question.
1: So <clears throat> mindfulness is focusing purely on the present moment, and you talk about using mm-hmm. mindfulness <clears throat> throughout our lives, not just running. But is there not a place in life to think about the future and and to learn from the past and think about the past? <clears throat> How do we uh, absor- incorporate absor- that in with the yeah, mindfulness? Absor-
2: Absolutely, you know, because um, uh, when you practice mindfulness, you become not only aware of um, uh, your body, mind, and soul, but you clearly understand um, what is what is causing all those um, behaviors which you have. So, You know, um, I, I do this actually, you know, all the time, but you know, when you. When you don't practice mindfulness, when all those thoughts, 70,000 thoughts a day are happening in your subconscious mind, then you are kind of running your life on autopilot. And I know that you know most of the people, I, I did have a, a conversation with my nephew about this yesterday. Um, he just came from, from another city um, where, where he's studying and I, I haven't seen him for quite long. And I was explaining to him all of these rules. And he said to me, oh, I don't have this problem. I'm, I'm, I know exactly what is happening in my life. You know it's great that you think that, uh, that it is like this, but it's not. 98% of population um, doesn't live in the present moment awareness. Mm-hmm. The statistic is killing this. And most of us, you know. If you will ask me five years ago, if I was living in the present moment, obviously, of course, <laughs> you know, every decision was, was my own decision, but it wasn't. Now I know that uh, almost my entire life was driven by, uh, by my subconscious mind and by those patterns. And now when you practice this mindfulness, when you're kind of the master mindfulness, Now you do all all of this consciously, so then you can properly plan that future, you can reflect on your past and understand um, what was causing the particular behaviors, and you can plan for the future and avoid this or change this or make this, you know, uh, different way, better way, just, you're just starting building your life consciously so absolutely there is a space here for for uh, you know thinking about the past and uh, planning the future but you just do this on a um, totally different level mm-hmm.
1: now um just looking at your challenge that you've got coming up during the circumference of the of the world um we were talking earlier and you said that you're going to be running 300 kilometers per week doing 75 kilometers per day over four days i was just wondering how come you're not running every day but doing perhaps less kilometers or whatever it is but how come it's only or not only but how come you're doing it over four days per week
2: because um this is my um knowledge um about the about the flow so basically um you know um, you can create the, the there is no guarantee that you can always get into the flow and mm. uh, the flow, um, you know, there is no any um, uh, secret formula for flow, and for every single person, flow means something different. And again, even if you know exactly um, uh, when you understand flow and when you know what kind of the conditions you have to create to get into the flow state, there is no guarantee you can get into the flow state, but you can always cre- create the uh, high flow lifestyle so there is a you know um, high possibility that uh, when you, uh, you know, create uh, that's um, conditions for flow that you can get into the flow regularly so um, to get into the you know what goes up when you ha- when you have when you're in the flow then you're uh, you are getting really high with that the peak performance but what goes up must go down you cannot stay up all mm. the time, and the flows, the flow ha- is is actually the cycle. So the flow have four stages. So the first stage is the struggle. Most of the people when they starting struggle with something, they starting thinking, "Oh, I'm doing something bad. I need to change this." But that's actually the first stage to to the struggle. You know, when we start, when I started running at the beginning, and started running regularly, five kilometers was difficult. That was the struggle. 10 kilometers, when I increased this to 10 kilometers, it was the struggle. It's not like 10 kilometers become easy for me. And whatever we do in in life is exactly the same. Wherever new you're starting, at the beginning, there is a struggle. And um, it's easier if you understand this, that this is the first stage of the struggle, because then when you accept this, it's it's less difficult. So, you know, the first stage is the struggle. The second stage, is release. So, for example, so to give you the, to answer the question, so I'm starting running on Monday, 75 kilometers after the weekend. And um, I'm not running on the weekend, so you know the, the first um, um, few kilometers is going to be quite difficult. It's going to be quite um, a s- s- struggle. Maybe I'm going to run through the mountains at uh, that time. So I mean, I expect this. It's going to be difficult. Then it becomes easier because the body gets into the movement again. It's because it's easier. I'm forgetting about the pushing my limits I and I release this. It, it, it may be by, uh, it's maybe by the end of the day that I finish running. And then after the running, I will usually have the interview or the workshops. I will talk with the podcasters or I will run the workshop along the way of my running. So you see, I'm I'm forgetting here about the running and I'm starting another activity. So this is the release time. When I release the struggle, I'm not thinking anymore about pushing my limits. So the next day, more likely, or there is a high possibility. Maybe not la- more likely, but there is a high possibility. Then the next day is going to be the time when I will get into the flow because I have a struggle, I have a release, and then the next stage is the flow. And often this is happening uh, to me. And then is the recovery. The fourth stage is the recovery. So I go up and I have to go down. So you know, then I need to give a time to my body. So. To the body, mind, and, uh, and, uh, and emotions and a soul, just give a time to, for the recovery. And this is how I constructed my entire week. So I'm running Monday, Tuesday, 75 kilometers each day, 150 kilometers. That's a you know, big challenge for the body and for the mind. Wednesday is my recovery day. And then I'm starting the float cycle again. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday. I'm um, in recovery stage again, so in the, in the fourth um, stage of the flow. So this is actually explaining, it's just you know, my knowledge about the flow and this is how I construct it. Plus, you know, other things that, um, I'm not only running uh, through the world, um, we have over 400 events along the way and those mm-hmm. days when I'm not running, those are the days when actually I talk with the people.
3: Yeah.
1: So how long are you anticipating it will take you?
2: Um, so I'm starting running um, I'm on the twenty sixth of uh, uh, September. I'm going to United States by the end of um, August. Um, and on the twenty sixth of September something starting running from uh, New York, running down the country to Florida through the ocean coast, then turning to uh, towards the Mexican border. I'm running on the other side of the United States to the, close to the Mexican border to San Diego, turning up again to the ocean coast to um, uh, Seattle. So there's a U-shape roughly around 10,000 kilometers. This will take me um, nine to 10 months. Uh, then I have a month break. We will have to transport all the equipment to uh, another continent, to Asia. To Hong Kong, I'm starting running from Hong Kong through China, Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Thailand, um, Malaysia, uh, Sum- Singapore, then Indonesia, Sumatra, Java, in Bali. Then again, one month break. All the time I'm running through the ocean coast. Then a one month break. We are transporting equip- all the equipment to Kuwait, to Arabian Peninsula. Starting running U-shape through Arabian Penis- Peninsula. Um, so Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar, uh, Emirates, uh, Oman, I'm not going into Yemen because there's a still um, yeah. war zone in there, uh, a bit too danger. Turning up uh, back to Saudi Arabia, this is going to be probably the most difficult part because I have to pass around 1,000 kilometers through empty water. So mm-hmm. only sun, sand, <laughs> and <Yeah>. me. <laughs> sun and, and sand. And... and yeah, exactly. And then uh, getting to Red Sea, running up through the Saudi Arabia, um, to the top of the Saudi Arabia, passing through the Red Sea to Egypt, running still around 600 kilometers to Cairo. Then again, month one month break. And we're moving all the equipment to Greece, to Europe, to Athens. And that's the last part, mm-hmm. starting from Athens, Greece and all the European countries through the um, Mediterranean Sea coast, the, the Atlantic Ocean coast, uh, passing the uh, sea to uh, United Kingdom, still running around two hundred kilometers to London. So yeah, I'm starting on the twenty-sixth of mm-hmm. September, and you know, fingers crossed, I will end. That's the plan by the end of. Um, 2025 just before the Christmas 2025 so it's a three and a half years of of, of (laughs) running in front of me but I look at this a different way it's a three year three and a half years of banging the (laughs) flow. yes
1: and and who do you have supporting you
2: Uh, I'm starting running you know all my previous challenges I just did with a backpack and Uh um, I was running just you know from one place to another from one hotel to another carrying a laptop inside my backpack and doing all my work, speaking at the universities. Even when I was speaking at the universities in Thailand, I was just running from one university to another um, university. Now when I'm starting uh, in, from the New York, I'm starting um, on my own, just with a backpack. And then before the end of the October, uh, my team will join me. So we will have some cars, we will have the production team, we will have camera 24 hours a day with us. We will have the caravans, we will have the broadcasting studio with us, so then we can connect with any podcasting studio or the television or radio from around the globe. Um, And we will be building trauma-informed communities along the way of my running road. So we will teach people about the trauma because, you know, there's not much knowledge what uh, is causing trauma and how we can heal traumas. Um, so we will teach people about this uh, yeah
1: Wow, sounds,
3: sounds awesome. Yeah it sounds like you're doing a lot of good work though along
2: the way as well. so um, yeah, tra- trying to do um, mm-hmm. you know it takes me quite a few years to put the entire um, challenge uh, together. Mm-hmm. Um, um, now how it's long a lot how of long agents- have you been planning this. I, I was thinking for the first time about this in 2016, oh, wow. but I, I didn't know yet how it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I got stuck in <clears throat> Sumatra, when I was running my uh, second challenge at 11,000 kilometers, I was for six months on my own in a hotel room. Um, there was actually no one speaking in English uh, in a place where, where I was, so I didn't have a plenty of time yeah. to think and to plan. Um, and then when I come back to London, so it was September 2020 when I back to London, I started wow. putting this together. I didn't know it's gonna be so big. I didn't know that I I will eventually run 40,000 kilometers, the circumference of the Earth. Um, but then um, I started approaching some. Um, uh, charity organizations. Um, I become the ambassador for the Wave Trust charity organization. I Now I will be fundraising also for UNICEF along the way of my running road. I created the entire uh, coaching program. I created the community of um, mindful running and active meditation uh, practitioners so people can join the program online. And we will have over 400 events along the way of my running road. So there will be events for running. I'm sorry, I'm not coming for to Australia. Yes, I was yeah.
1: going to say no Australia.
2: You, you could have added quite a few kilometers running around Australia. That, that's true. But you know, the thing is, I was the other day. I was also talking with another podcaster from Australia, physio, with a physiotherapist, and he asked me that question. He was, I feel a bit, of, he said to me, I feel a bit offended that you're not coming to Australia. But I was considering. But there was a difficult connection. The Australia is quite far from all the places when mm-hmm. I'm running. Yeah.
3: And so it was
2: quite difficult connection um, for the, all the equipment, for all the cars mm-hmm. and the caravans, which we have to transport. So it was difficult to, to arrange this. The logistic was really difficult for, for yeah. Australia. So I decided, OK, I have to go to a different uh, place. But I was considering to go to Australia. Yeah. Maybe that's a different adventure. Yeah, probably. But, you know, I'm, I'm saying because you know, my, my mom is telling me to me, OK, but you are all the time out, <laughs> out, out of home. And I'm saying, OK, uh, this is my last challenge, that 40,000 kilometers is my last big challenge that I'm retiring, yeah. not like retiring, retiring, but I want to continue be the keynote uh, speak, speaker yeah. and I want to continue working with um, charity organizations and build trauma-informed communities, run the workshops, um, teach people how to uh, implement mindfulness into running, how to practice active meditation, how to practice flow. Um, I wrote the book and um, I will promote this book. Then after I will finish run this big challenge, I want to write another book. So uh, I'm not gonna completely retire. I'm gonna continue my mission, my message. But, yeah, I will retire from those crazy challenges, <laughs> from running those crazy distances. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So um, if people want to, like, your book's not out yet, is it? It's coming out?
2: No, it's coming out. We were we planning to uh, publish the book on the 30th of um, October. Yeah. But we want to give a bit of time, more time to promote the book, and we moved the book to... 10th of uh, publishing the book to 10th of uh, January
1: uh-huh.
2: uh, but people can actually already sign up for the books for the book uh, uh, on my website and they can register for the book so they will receive the emails and the book is published and uh, there is a reason for this because January, February and March because it's a help, self-help book uh, for the personal growth and January, February and March uh, are the strongest months for for people taking care about the Start personal the growth year, guess, because yeah starting the year exactly yeah, yeah. so starting here mm-hmm. so we decide okay it's the best month. the publisher suggested that um yeah. all right well, well i'll put the before.
1: link in um to your website so people can can have a look at that um are you on um, i mean i know you are but social media where can people follow you on social media
2: sure i'm I, i'm usually the most active on uh, instagram uh, but when I will start running the main challenge, all, the social, all my social media will be uh, very active. As I said, we will have mm. the production team with us. So all social media will be very active. So Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, and also the TikTok. So all the uh, social media, you can find me on all social media. So you're going
1: to do some
2: media. TikTok videos while you're out there, are you? We, we, we will do, yes. So we, <laughs> I will have that. Camera following me twenty four hours a day, and uh, and a couple of uh, uh, people for the production team, and we are recording actually the documentary movie four seasons, so the season from US, uh, Asia, um, Arabia, and Europe, Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think it's going to be really interesting journey.
1: Sure, will be. Yeah, Yeah. that's exciting. All right, well, I'll put all those links in the show notes if people want to hop on there. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all your knowledge about
2: Flow. It's been very interesting. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank Thank you. you.